Hey guys, today's episode of Table 40 on the Sports Spectrum Podcast Network is presented by our Increase Store and our Bible in a Year Engagement Journal, which you should pick up your copy today, especially with Matt and Leslie going through the Bible in a year. This is the companion that's going to help you, the guide that's going to help you through the passages of Scripture each and every day. You want to get this journal right now at theincrease.com theincrease.com. It's affordable and it's the perfect companion to help you grow in your faith and to stay connected to God through his word each and every day. The Bible in a Year Engagement Journal. Get yours today at theincrease.com. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Table 40 Podcast as we continue to work our way through the Bible in a year. And we are moving into a couple of new books this week. And so we are finishing up John and... Nope, Luke. Luke. His friend. They were friends. Yeah. They were friends. Yeah. Yep. So we're finishing up Luke and moving into Acts. And then we're headed into Deuteronomy. And got that one right. Yeah, you did. All right. So we're uh, we're anxious to, to dive in, finish up. And, and move into a couple new books. And so let's get started. Yeah, absolutely. First of all, it is so nice in Oklahoma right now. I'm like oh, giddy. Yes. Like I, however, I have bad allergies, yeah. but I just take them and just wear it and with a smile on my face because I'm just so happy that it's beautiful outside. And I love being outside. We get to go watch our 16-year-old play baseball today. So I'm just loving it. I'm loving today. Um, but I am excited about talking about the word of God with you. I'm a very favorite person ever. So let's do it. Old Testament, Deuteronomy. I love the book of Deuteronomy. I'm loving a lot of things today. Can you tell? The weather makes me happy. So uh, Deuteronomy is the final book of the Torah. And so Moses has just been writing a whole lot for us. And this is the final book of the Torah. Um, And just to kind of recap it, we um, exit Exodus right? And so the people of Israel exit and um, they leave Egypt. Um, They're at Mount Sinai for a year. And at that time, they make this covenant with God. And just keep in mind, it was a conditional covenant. Um, There's blessing and curses in this conditional covenant. And they agreed to obey God. And God says, okay, when you obey, I'm going to bless you. When you disobey, there's consequence to disobedience. Um, The people of Egypt that exited out of, um, or I guess they weren't the people of Egypt. They were the people of Egypt that God rescued Mm -hmm. out of slavery. Um, the people of the Exodus, I guess, uh, they spent a considerable amount of time in the wilderness. Um, during their time in the wilderness, we learned in the book of numbers that the first generation disqualified themselves from going into the promised land, from entering the promised land. And then, then we'll remember, um, in this Torah, the books that Moses wrote, we'll remember this promise to Abraham, which is very significant in order to understand basically this whole story in Genesis 12, one through three, he's saying, um, God makes a promise to Abraham saying, I'm going to give you a people, a land and a blessing. And this promise was a, or this covenant was an unconditional covenant. And so, um, people land and blessing, God was going to be faithful to do that. And we see the faithfulness of God in this promise to Abraham shake out through the first, uh, couple books 
so you keep you say the word Torah. So maybe if I was listening to this and I wasn't a Bible scholar, I would ask you what that means. First five books of, of it's called the Torah. Mm -hmm. Okay, the books of Moses, the books of the so, law. So people might hear that from another, right? From that they and not Jewish people. Jewish people would be like, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, I know, but okay, yeah. So I just some people might say Torah and wonder what you're talking about. Yeah, first five books of Moses. Okay. So great question. So first five books of Moses. Moses was the author of all of them, mm -hmm. and we're just rolling right through them when we study um, what we've been doing lately, like studying the Bible in a year. And Moses was the author, and it's just the history of Israel, and it's really beautiful. I love, I love the first five books of the Bible. And I think they're very important to understand and know, and especially Deuteronomy. Like if you don't want to read the first five books, you can read Deuteronomy. And it's a it's a it's a summary statement of of actually what went on. But I think two things to keep in mind is this covenant with Moses, which is a conditional covenant and the covenant with Abraham, which we find in Genesis, which is an unconditional covenant. And um, so the the covenant with Moses, there's strings attached right? Abraham, no strings attached. And so Abraham, the promise is, I'm going to promise you a people, a land, and I'm going to bless you. And this conditional covenant is, is you obey, I bless you. You disobey, there's consequences to your disobedience. And God was very clear in both instances, which is uh, important to understand when you're reading the Old Testament. And so we get into um, where we are now in Deuteronomy, and Moses is explaining the story to this new generation because the old generation wasn't going to be able to enter the promised land, but the new generation is going to enter the promised land, not with Moses because Moses is in trouble. So he gets to see the promised land, but he doesn't get to enter the promised land. His boy, Joshua, is going to lead these people into the land of promise um, in Caleb as well. And so, so we see all this and Moses is explaining the story to the new generation. He explains the history um, in chapters one through 11, basically. And so we read one through 11 this week. Um, a couple things I wrote down is like chapters one through three is summarizing the story so far. We've got these rebellious people, but we have a faithful God. And he's basically saying, this is what your parents have done. You, your parents, man, they were rebellious, but God, God was faithful through all of this. And um, there was discipline, of course, but there was never abandonment. And so even though God disciplined the people of Israel in their rebellion, he never left them. And I think that that's very important to remember when we, when we study the old Testament is, is God said at the very beginning, he said on Mount Sinai, look, we, we have um, this agreement that you're going to obey, but when you don't obey, we have this agreement that there will be consequences, but I'm never leaving you, but I am faithful to my word. Right. So it's kind of, it's kind of fascinating when you think about it that way and to me it makes me um really believe god in a, in a deeper way that god is faithful to do what he says he's going to do he's unchanging his word there's there's substance to the words that god speaks and and to me and like we're going to talk about this a little bit when we think about deuteronomy like that should start to cultivate this healthy fear of god that we serve a god that's going to do what he says he's going to do and there will be judgment for mm -hmm. the decisions that we make, mm -hmm. you know? And I, I think the thing when we talk about, he starts, he starts talk, warning them about idols and destroying towns and destroying idols and other gods. And obviously nowadays, like it, it, we probably don't, it probably doesn't look the same, but we also have idols that, that we need to destroy. 
And so I, I, when I read that and it talks about, I mean, they didn't have the Bible to read. So they're, they're hearing about, you know, have no other gods and these gods are fake and they're, they're, I'm, I'm the only God. And, and so I, I just think about idols, you know, wooden statues and things that they, they worshiped. We don't have, maybe don't have those, but we have, but we have those we have idols. Yeah. We don't have those, but we have those. Right. Like, so I was know. just thinking about like, I want to be a person, you know, that's obedient to God. And, you know, when he talks about, um, you know, the people when he goes in and gives them the power to go in and destroy these towns or all this, you know, debauchery is going around. So I don't know. I just thought that was interesting when I read that, that really stuck out to me when I, when we started hearing about all the, the stories of God saying, no, I'm going to let you, I'm giving you the power to go in and destroy this leader and this group of people and take them all, take all the, the idols. Yeah. I mean, this. even there's lines in scripture that said, don't have pity on them. Yeah. Like if you don't destroy this now, they will destroy you later. Yeah, and don't let and, your kids marry right, their kids, right, and right, like they can't because they'll they'll push them away from me. Yeah, yeah, and again, like like, and we'll learn later as we walk through this that because they were disobedient in that, it the the um, there's a split in the kingdom, and and we'll learn that as we progress down there. But but the but if you don't destroy it now they will destroy you later. And the same is yeah. true in our yeah. life, you, think about our you know, yeah. and you think about our sin and it's just like, God's like, Oh man, love me with all that you have. Mm -hmm. Love me with all that you have. And if you, if you spend your minutes in your day, like worshiping the Lord and really thinking about the goodness of God, you're not gonna have time for this mm -hmm. other stuff. And so there's a real good system here that, well, he that we often know they, they had the same issues we have. Totally. And I love what Tim Keller says about idols and, and it's, it's these good things that become ultimate. Mm -hmm. And in our life, um, you know, I think there's many things in our life that just needs to be slotted a little bit differently. It can be blessings of, from the Lord, no doubt about it. But when it becomes ultimate, um, that's when that's and when there's some real like control. idols like there's yeah. some things that oh, are yeah. bad that, are, that we idolize as a culture that god i mean it's the same kind of thing like yeah, it's, it's right. really i mean yes there are good things that we make like ultimate but there's still some just like some real crappy stuff that we idolize as a, as a society um that I gotta imagine that God. Yeah, distracts us from well, the yeah, like, beauty of the Lord, no doubt about it. And when we get into Deuteronomy four through eleven, it's just this: this, uh, hey, let's be faithful, let's be faithful. But I do want to highlight, um, and I do. Here's the deal. Uh, and again, we just don't want this podcast to go on and on and on and on, and on but it could because I love Deuteronomy. I could sit here and talk all day about well, it. We have to go somewhere. But we do. We have we have kids and we have things and we people have, don't want to listen to it. And they don't want to listen to it this long. But I want you to read it. Like I really, really think if you have just not read anything at all, like lock in and read Deuteronomy. Commit to read Deuteronomy. It will help you understand the rest of the I was Bible. gonna say, I always hear you talking about how much like the Bible is the Old Testament and the New Testament are connected. Yes. And like how I think some people just would like, okay, just start and read the New Testament and don't really worry about the Old Testament, but they miss out on the fullness of the New Testament. Yeah, like and yeah. like the and like we're gonna talk about this when we get into the end of Luke. Like Easter has deeper meaning in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ has deeper meaning when you can mm -hmm. when you can understand the Old Testament. The the uh, Sermon on the Mount 
deeper meaning when you understand this stuff. And, and, and I just, I just really want to encourage you to grab a cup of coffee and sit and study Deuteronomy. And I'm telling you what, it's going to enrich your spiritual formation in ways you can't fathom. And so I'm a huge um, Old Testament fan. Every time I read it, I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And so I just, I just love the Old Testament, but I would like to spend some time here before we move forward into the New Testament um, and, and just look at Deuteronomy 6. And so the greatest command, it says, and I'm just going to read a little bit um, here. So it says, this is the command in the statutes and ordinance. The Lord, your God has commanded me to teach to you. And that's Moses saying that, like he's commanded Moses to teach to you. Cause your point earlier, there was no Bible. It says Moses, like mm-hmm. hearing from God, being an intercessor to the people and Moses teaching the people what God says. He says, so that you may follow them in the land that you were about to possess. Now, remember in Genesis 12, one through six, this promise to Abraham that we're going to see shake out even more in the New Testament as we get into some of Paul's writing and letters. But this promise to Abraham was a people, a land that they're about to enter in this blessing. All right. So these people that have become this, this enormous nation, right, that we learn from numbers, become this big, big nation that's about to enter the land that God had promised. And this was back in Genesis where we made this, where God made this unconditional promise to Abraham. So he's talking about that. He says, hey, you're about to enter this this land. You're about to possess this land. Verse two, do this so that you may fear the Lord your God all the days of your life by keeping all of his statutes and commands that I'm giving you, your son and your grandson, so that you may have a long life. Listen, Israel, and be careful to follow them so that you may prosper and multiply greatly because the Lord, the God of your ancestors has promised you a land flowing with milk and honey. Now listen to now listen to this. This is Deuteronomy 6, verse 4. It says, Listen, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These words that I am giving you today are to be in your heart. Repeat them to your children. Talk to them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Bind them as a sign on your hand and let them be a symbol on your forehead. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your city gates. And he's saying in a nutshell, like, let this encompass all that you do from the moment you wake up into the moment you go to bed. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind and with all your soul. And this is a very important to the Jewish culture. This is a prayer that they repeat every single day. And it's called the the Shema or Shema or something like that. I, you know, I'm terrible about that stuff, but it's a daily prayer. Um, and it's Deuteronomy six, four through five. And every little Jewish boy and every little Jewish girl grows up and they memorize Deuteronomy six, four through five. And there's a couple things I want to point out there as, as we, as we read those verses and, um, really like allow that to be so foundational in your understanding of what we're responsible for and we're responsible to listen and that's what this prayer talks about meaning like respond and obey to god like learn how to listen and respond to the words of god and and respond to scripture love so listen love and loyalty is where i'm going here is we want to listen respond and obey we want to love like be fully devoted to god which is a it's a decision like a choice that we make and um loyalty to god alone 
And so I just think when I when I read that, those are the things that I think about. Listen, Israel. Listen, Israel. Listen, Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Yeah, everything. Listen, Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These are the words I'm giving you today, and they're going to be on your heart. And so um, listen, love, and be loyal to the one true God. And I think all of those things are choices that we can make daily. And I think there's so much wisdom in choosing um, this to be a daily prayer in the morning and then at night. And I would imagine in the middle of the day for the Jewish men and women and, and daughters and sons, and it's their shema. Like they are, they are fully dedicated to this because it resets and reframes their mind for, for what is required of us, you know? Um, and it might be Shema. You know, I'll have to, I'll have to look it up, but we get the point. I know how it's spelled and anyway, it doesn't matter. But I mean, what do you think about that? When you read that, is that not beautiful? It's so resetting and, and just really can set your mind to a mindset that should be adopted for all of us. Yeah. Well, I think look, the the I, I guess the discipline of doing this in the morning and night and just and probably during the day, like you said, like reframing your mind to where the world is distracting your mind. That like having this taking this moment to sort of re hone in on what's important. It's just like it's just like reading scripture in the morning or or listening to uh, you know a book that's that's it's it's founded in in in, in the bible like it reshapes your day reshapes your 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 focus on what's important the people you interact with as opposed to just sort of mindlessly um you know being distracted and yeah. i think that that's the you know the, the focus that you have when you reshape your mind you 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 like you were talking about uh, i just think it's such a it's such a more fulfilling and such a um more life-giving way to live. Yeah, I agree. And I think too, like when we, when we look at these verses and you're listening to Moses teaching these people, cause he knows, Hey, I'm not going with them. So keep that in con in, in the back of your mind too. Like Moses knows I'm not going with these people that I've grown to love. I knew their parents and these are the kids of these people. And I, and, and Moses to me seems like a wonderful like father figure. I love his leadership. I love so much about Moses as you're reading his writings, right? And so it's like, he's just trying to compel them like, oh my gosh, God is good. God was good when he rescued us from Egypt and God was good in the wilderness and God provided when we needed provision. And God is so good. And listen, kids, when you enter the promised land, this is what I want you to know. This is the greatest commandment man, love him, be loyal to him and listen to him all the days of your life and things are going to go well for you. And I want you to teach your kids that and your kids, kids that, and I want this to be a holistic approach to your life where you think about it when you wake up, think about it when you're eating lunch, you think about it when you're going to bed, it's on your hands, it's on your face, it's on your doorpost. Like I need you to love the Lord. I need you to listen to him and I need you to be loyal to him from this day forward, all the days of your life and things will go well for you. And that right there is wisdom because we've lived long enough that we know that that is true. And you talk about extracting idols from your life. If that truly is your mindset, then those idols are going to appear less shiny, mm -hmm. you know, because you see God for who he is. And um, I just think, 
I just think it's beautiful. And so um, anyway, so we weren't getting into the New Testament here and we're at the end of Luke. And it's very appropriate because we are starting to, we just celebrated Easter last week. We had a sweet time with our family. Um, I love that we have a little friend in, in our life named Goldie. She's a she's a sweet little girl. She's daughter of our good friends, uh, Brandy and Zach. And just, she had on like pigtails and a little Easter, you know, dress with a little tutu. And she wanted to go out and just the innocence that she brings into our family. I'm just, I just love that we have friends that still have, little kids, but celebrating Easter through Goldie's eyes was sure a gift for us this this week. And, and I'm so grateful for for her life and, and the friendship that we have with the Esposito family. But I, I as I was reading this week, I can't help but think, um, so Jesus is, is being crucified. And something that I would love to discuss is, as we finish Luke and we move on into Acts is just crucified between two criminals. And we see this in Luke chapter 23, 32 through 43. Um, and, and it talks about the, there's two other criminals. So Jesus is, is being executed with them. Um, when they arrived at the place called the skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals, one on the right and one on the left. And then Jesus said, Father, forgive them because they do not know what they're doing. And they divided his clothes and cast lots. Verse 35, the people stood watching. Even the leaders were scoffing. He saved others. Let him save himself. If this is God's Messiah, the chosen one. Verse 36, the soldiers also mocked him. They came offering him sour wine and said, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. An inscription was above him. This is the king of the Jews. Then one of the criminals hanging there began to yell insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. Verse 40, but the other answered, rebuking him. Mm -hmm. Don't you even fear God since you are undergoing the same punishment? We are punished justly because we are getting back what we deserve for the things we did. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Verse 43. And he said, truly, I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. And I think for me, when I read that, I've read it several times over the course of my life, and every single time it gets down to the bare bones of the gospel. And those verses right there is the bare bones of the gospel. It is Jesus Christ plus nothing equals everything. And I, I think like the criminal recognized Jesus in right, and, and he saw him for who he was. And you talk about like meeting someone literally in the middle of your disastrous life. Like Jesus mm -hmm. met him truly where he was. And it was Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Salvation for all eternity. Because he says it, he declares it right then. Yeah, remember, re Jesus, remember me. Remember me. I know who you are. I recognize that you are the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And Jesus is like, yeah, I'll see you. I'll see you in paradise. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this is the reaction that to the gospel of microcosm of you, you of the two, the two yes, criminals. the two responses. Of so one says, "What can you do for me?" Like, hey, if you really want to get us down, and the other says, "Oh my gosh, you're the savior. I want to be with you, and it doesn't matter. I um, want yeah. to. There's no, I don't, I don't need anything from you other than remember me." 
because you don't deserve this and you're dying you know so and i just think when you look at the other one and, and his selfishness and, and sort of the way he received the king of kings and then the other one is the way that i want to receive the king of kings and i think that that's when you when you look at that i think that that's that's the response that jesus is his name and, and what he's done it, you get one or the other like there's no medium mm-hmm. and you either are in and you're all in or you're out and you're all out and i think that that that's just a to me it's just a symbol of society when you hear that's why his name is so polarizing and i just think that that's 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 what happened right there on the cross it's like he he was so polarizing that one was like scoffed at him and said get us down if you can you say you're god and then the other one's like oh just i want to be with you like if you can if 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 you have a space i'd like to be with you mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's that's really true and i think i i think uh the <laughs> I've heard it said, you know, that the man dies and and he goes, I mean, obviously this is not in scripture, but, but the criminal dies and he goes to enter heaven and and the lady at the gate says, well, well, why are you here? Well, I don't know. I don't know why I'm here. Well, how did you get here? I don't, I don't know how I got here, you know, and she asked him questions like, well, do you know about sanctification? Do you know about justification? Do you know the Roman road? Do you know this? Do you know that? He's like, no, 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 no. Um, But I did, I did talk to Jesus and Jesus told me I could come here, you know? And like, as, and I mean, I'm botching it for sure. I'm sure it's online. I'm sure it's fabulous. It'll make you cry and all the things, but, but the point is, no, no joke. Like I just heard this explained so eloquently so many times. But when I read it, what I think about, like in bold letters, is is Christ alone. Mm-hmm. Like salvation is received by Christ alone. Yeah. The man, no, he, he obviously did something terrible to be crucified, to you know, and he had nothing to offer. He had, could not do works. He could not do anything. Stuck. He was he was literally stuck, waiting to die. Yeah. In the middle of of the man's sin, but he had but, a heart change. Yeah, like absolutely. The sinless savior, savior died for that man, and um, we are saved by Christ alone. And salvation depends on Christ alone. It's the cross alone, and we're all equal before the cross of Christ. And you know, and we are saved from something for something. So we have to understand, like, like this this passage of scripture helps us see very clearly that it's Christ alone. Jesus Christ plus nothing equals everything. But because of that gift, we are saved um, from the penalty of death for glorifying our King. And so our works need to be rooted in how we can glorify Jesus Christ because what he did for us on the cross. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so I imagine that man, like, again, this is not in scripture. So he enters the kingdom of God. And I bet he is like fired up to do whatever it is <laughs> that we're going to do up there. But because of what Jesus did for him, he wants to work for the king you know what i'm saying and and i think that that's something to Save keep in mind alternative yes yes he, he understood gravity absolutely and so I, that just gets me every time and every time i read it i just i just am reminded of you know again what we're going to learn in acts like peter starts peter starts the teaching paul then the story is going to be more in acts the story is more about paul's missionary journey and and these guys taught the same thing over and over again. It's Jesus plus nothing equals everything. 
Christ alone is for our salvation. It's by his grace through faith that we receive Christ, right? And so, um, and our salvation is received, it's not achieved, and it's it's beautiful. And so um, another highlight I would like to um, bring up, and this is something just personally that I felt like I'm going to start praying for myself. I'm going to start praying Deuteronomy um, more often, Deuteronomy 6 more often for our family. And and that's something I feel like we should challenge ourselves as a family to really teach our kids and and really focus our, start our days focused on, on the greatest commandment. But another thing I would like to bring up before we move into Acts is, um, in Luke 24, verse 36, it talks about the reality of, of the risen Christ. And in verse 45, it says this little, little verse, um, well, let me go back to 44. Jesus told them, um, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, so those are the first five books of the Bible, um, the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Verse 45, then he opened their minds to understand scripture. <clears throat> and so that's my prayer is that God opened my mind to help me understand scripture more fully and more completely and allow it to come alive in my life. You say that the word is alive and active, like open my mind to where I can understand scripture more clearly. So if you could be praying that for me, I would appreciate it. No problem. And I will be praying that for you because there's no greater gift in my mind to be able to read the Bible and um, understand it and encourage others too. You know, I mean, I have the greatest gift to teach Bible study on Wednesday night to the women that come to this home. And on Sundays, we can encourage the kids that come to our house. And oh my gosh, I just want to be a woman that can rightfully divide the word of God. So I feel like that prayer is something I would, I really felt like the Holy Spirit was wanting me to start praying, you know, is that I could see the scripture clearly. So when we get into the book of Acts, Acts is is one of my favorite books of the Bible. And I know that that's probably weird, but I think it's incredible to see how they did it, like how they what's next, what's next, like what, how's the church supposed to be? And um, Acts is um, sometimes called Luke chapter two because people believe that Luke wrote it. And um, I love the book of Acts. And so when we look at Luke chapter one, verse eight. This is sort of the map, the roadmap that we're going to kind of go down as we study the book of Acts. It says, but you'll receive the power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judah and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so that's exactly what we're going to see when we study the book of Acts. And I'm very excited about this journey. But a highlight for me, before Christ is, is ascends back into heaven, I think this is really cool. And he's talking about... Um, well, let's just read it in verse four. It says, while he was with them, he's talking about Jesus. He commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for the father's promise, which he said, you have heard me speak about for John baptized with water, but you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So he's basically saying like wait. the Holy Spirit's coming. I need you to wait right here. The Holy Spirit's coming. <laughs> you are going to need it. Yeah. Verse six. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, are you restoring the kingdom of Israel at this time? And so keep in mind, like they thought this, Mm -hmm. the Messiah was going to be like more of a government thing. Right. And then he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the periods that the father has set by his own authority. So, so Jesus is saying like, look, there are some things 
that are not your business. Mm -hmm. And and I, it's just not for you to worry about. These things are not to, to be your concern, right? But then he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judah and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So I think when you look at those, those two verses, you see, okay, these are the things you're not to be concerned about. You don't have authority over these things, but you will receive this. You will receive the power of the Holy Spirit. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, you're called to be my witnesses. And you see in the Great Commission in Matthew 28, he says that, therefore, go and make disciples mm-hmm. and be a disciple that makes a disciple in, in, to the ends of the earth, right? And so you see these two things, and <clears throat> that's what we're called to do. Mm-hmm. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, we're supposed to witness um, and, and be witnesses about Jesus Christ and the story of the life, death, and resurrection of Christ. No, I was just um, when I think about Acts, like I think I think my favorite part is about how they get to a point where they're all sharing everything and what church should look like and like what heaven might look like or the new earth. Um, You know, when new new earth is reestablished and how everybody shares everything and they eat and they 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 live together and if you have a lot of you know an abundance of this you share it if they have an abundance of that uh and just that part of acts to me and how life like was structured with a church or a group of people or you know like i said even maybe when the new earth is formed um or we come back to the new earth uh i just that picture to me is what i wish more churches and more our life, everyone's life, I wish was more like the the depiction of, of what they talk about. I probably jumped ahead a little bit. Um, That's okay. But that part, when I read about Acts, or every time I read Acts, I always sort of think about how cool that's going to be and, and how cool that must have been um, for them to be sort of having this vision of what living in harmony looks like yeah and i think too it starts in chapter two yeah we did jump ahead a little bit and that's something that i'll read next week but i do think like what you said is true like there's one message there's one god it go back to deuteronomy 6 right and in 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 that encapsulate what the church should be is we're we're unified we're going to listen to the lord we're going to love the lord we're going to be loyal to the lord and and even when you see in pentecost like this is a controversial subject sometimes and but what you do see is the unifying gift of the holy spirit Mm -hmm. and like yeah they were speaking in different languages but they all understood one another Mm -hmm. and it was all about this one voice this one message and unity is in unity is in my opinion the major theme of of acts Mm -hmm. you know it's the acts of the holy spirit through the apostles that were unified in one message in one god right right they listened to the lord they loved the lord and they were loyal to the mission that jesus had left them with and they were loyal to death you know Mm -hmm. and i just think that um and and we'll see like the story like the mission journeys of peter and paul and some of the things that peter had to do to submit to the one message right because we're going to see some controversial things in the books at book of acts like Jews and Gentiles united being grafted in into one story and it's a beautiful it's a beautiful book i love it and but like you said um the generous church and the growing church and all of those things i'm i'm very passionate about that as well because i think sometimes we major in the minor mm-hmm. um when it comes to churches and and because of what jesus christ did on the cross 
um, we should be united and, and we should be for one another. And some of these things that cause separation um, made my heart hurt because mm. I just don't believe that that was the intention, mm -hmm. um, especially in these early church fathers. So, um, yeah, we look at Peter's sermon and I encourage you to read Peter's sermon. Um, but I, I want to close with this. Um, so Peter gives a relatively short sermon, but but it pierced their hearts, scripture mm -hmm. says, and, and they repented. In verse 38, in chapter two, it says, uh, Peter replied, they, they asked like, hey, Peter, what do we do? You're correct. This is, we we killed Jesus is, is essentially what they were saying. And, um, and Peter replied, repent and be baptized each of you in the name of Jesus Christ. For the forgiveness of your sins, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And I, and I just think like many of us, um, including myself, it's like being continual repentance, in my opinion. You know what I'm saying? Like desire to become more like Jesus and in, in this quest to become more like Christ, repentance is, is required. And, and what if we shaped our prayer life in such a way where like, Lord, reveal to me my sin and I want to have a repentant and humble heart because I want to become more like you. And, um, and humility is what, what, um, encourages unity in my opinion. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. No, I, I, like I said, I, I think this is, uh, I, I like Acts a lot and I think it's a, it's a good symbol of, you know, how we should share the gospel and, and what the church should look like, what we as believers right. with other believers, how our relationships look, should look. So I'm anxious to, to, to get further in. Sorry, I jumped ahead. Oh, you didn't jump too far ahead. <laughs> yeah, and not at all. All right, we'll see you guys next week. This is fun. Good night. Thank you for listening to Table 40 with Matt and Leslie Holiday, part of the Sports Spectrum Podcast Network. For more stories on sports intersecting with faith, visit sportsspectrum.com.